Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Hello. Alu. Alu. Uh, <laughs> That's Matt's Europa dialect. Uh, it I'm works in the for. I'm of reading, uh, rereading Goblet of Fire. That is my fleur de la cure. Oh, oh great. <laughs> this is nothing here. They have voodoo to every year at Hogwarts. Um, that is. It is like being in the movie, man. <laughs> the movie? Bitch, get cultured. It's like being in the book. Um, I'm Matt Koplick. And I'm John Wascavage. Together we make a half of a host. And a full fleur. <laughs> and a full fleur. Full fleur. Uh, and welcome to Broadway Breakdown, um, a podcast dedicated to Broadway and things, and just like, being a skinny bitch. <laughs> no. No, <Yeah>. it's not. <laughs> I mean... I've, I'm, I've gone full fat, bitch. I mean, I wasn't going to say anything, but... Honey. <laughs> I mean, John can't close his thighs anymore. Honey, not that he ever could. I was mm-hmm. going to say, come on. Oh. My yeah, thighs. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, I would like that's, that's what, you what I said. Come on, my me. yeah. Um, um, how are you, John? Besides fat, <laughs> this has gone to a very body centric place very quickly, I mean, and and I just feel that I should say. Um, we're not here to say skinny is the lifestyle. I- I'm giving you such side eye right now. Mm. We have to be body positive, no matter what, Matthew. Um, I mean, I'm positive that your body is fat. I am, honey. I am too, and I li- I live in it. Who? Listen, when I had to go fat free for a couple weeks there last year, it was the most boring time in my life. I, you do not realize until you have to give up every single bit of fat how delicious fat is. So just go full fat, bitch. I mean, a few minutes ago, I looked at Miss O'Hara and realized she was ugly, and I'm at peace with that. <laughs> I am watching season four of Drag Race. As am I. But I'm watching it with Willem and Alaska, and you're just watching it alone. I am. Um, wh- wait, what were we talking about? I'm okay. <laughs> what? You're wonderful. Who is? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, how are you? <laughs> um, I'm doing quite well. Thank you. Um, I mean, I'm here. I'm alive. I'm, I'm, well, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking really good in my jeans, and I'm just your jeans do look really good. I actually thought that I was, I was like, oh, look at her, look at her, look at her. Look at her. She's built for the stage, honey. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah. yeah, it was, it was like a Calvin Klein commercial when you walked in. You were all in black and white. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know I'm Yeah, you chase the chop. 
You were just you were just saying um, catchphrases. I was. I just I walked through. I burst through catchphrases and black and white and silk scarves flowing everywhere. That's what I was gonna me. say. There were yeah. There were suddenly a lot of fabric flowing. A lot of fabric flowing. Um, thank you so much for the new waist size, Joe Roscoe, Daddy. Uh, I do apologize that I do not enter any of my nutrition on the app for built for the stage, but that's because Joe Roscoe tells us that food is fuel, and I disagree. He's like, you should be feeding yourself to fuel yourself. And I'm like, Joe, I've had a bagel every day this week. No. Wait, why do you do... Oh. It's like, it's an app with Built for the Stage where you you get your workout that day and you're like supposed to also enter in what you've been eating that day. So like he can make sure... It's to make sure that like you're getting the body you want. And if you're not, it's like not because of the workouts, but because you're eating garbage like I do. Like I'm eating Twizzlers and bagels and sure. okay. um, beer, eating beer, drinking beer. And <laughs> yeah. Like then like complaining to Joe, Joe, <laughs> you're, you're, your you're, workouts sh- aren't working. <laughs> you sure are an expert on beer. You sure know how to intake it by I eating do. it. <laughs> Chomping at the bit. <laughs> you get it. You get beer. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, welcome back to the breakdown, y'all. This is this is pretty much uh, par for the course for us. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow color. You're the top. You're a Coolidge dollar. The last episode, we I think, is the only episode where we never had a single Billy, I beg to differ with you. This is true. And I'm pretty sure this episode's going to have plenty. So Great. Buckle in. <laughs> so anyway, we have a new review, guys. And uh, here we go. It's on iTunes. It's not like, you know, I thought, that was, I thought that was how we got reviewed. That is, that is how we get reviews. So, <laughs> um, this is from iClick65, and the title... Oh, sorry. Cue Light in the Piazza Overture music. The title is Love, with a period. <laughs> love if you can, oh my Clara. Love if you can, and be loved. I don't know about you guys, but my hole just went like... <laughs> Um, so and yeah. that sound he made was it opening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what that was, John. He bloomed just for me. Go mm-hmm. ahead. The joke's on me. Uh, love, period. Five stars. This podcast is gayer than under Provincetown's dock after hours, and I love it. What are these similes and metaphors that these homosexuals just spew forth from their I don't <laughs> gaping I've, maws? I've never been to Provincetown, but I understand it is quite gay, and especially under the dock after hours, so I'll take it. Yeah, all that sounds quite homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> we are quite homosexual. Um... <laughs> There is nothing more delightful than theater queens discussing their favorite things. How dare you? I am not a queen. I am a, what? I'm a straight <laughs> fraternity man. Yeah, yes, surely you are. Yep, yes. just like every straight fraternity man you see who's like, Hey, bro, that's gay, but can I suck your dick? Like, the, <laughs> the, the only experience you have with fraternity is what's on fratguys.com. <laughs> True. Um... <laughs> Yes, that's, that's my number one search, frat guys, dad can. Yeah. Uh, I just want uh, frat guys who are straight, but also broke and really desperate, dot com. Uh, Speaking of which, our sponsor today <laughs> is fratguys.com. Mm, I love me some fratguys.com. Uh, Build your own fratguy.com. <laughs> I don't know how ads work. And on, and Keep on going. That note, squatty potty. <laughs> who is, who is guys, this person? This, this, 60- this, no, guys, this, this review is also like four sentences long, but we're making this a nine hour review. I really do apologize. I click 65. Your review is wonderful. You're giving Yeah, oh, start, start from the beginning. We should give them their time. 
This podcast is gayer than Under Provincetown's dock after hours, and I love it. There is nothing more delightful than theater queens discussing their favorite things. Not only do I laugh out loud, parentheses, to the glare of my fellow commuters on the train, end of parentheses, but I appreciate that they are also quite wise and knowledgeable of theater. That's in reference to me, not John. I was going to say, I was like, like, well, someone likes Matt. (laughs) It's like hanging out with a group of friends over brunch discussing our favorite things and obsessions. And that's the review. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you, I l- like 65. Yeah, I like that they also made a reference to your age in it. My age? 65. Oh, yes. <laughs> My girlfriend's age is 65. She's 55. She's 50. 55. Do you remember that? No. Was that a fever dream that I had? Oh, is that like it, an, a video it, it was, online? It was early online, um, you like, know, kind of in that end of the world. Yeah, like all, all that kind of... We're not good with dialect today. It was end of the world. I just did end of the world. Fleur. Fleur has taken over all Fleur. of us today. Um but yeah, it was it was somewhat thing like that, and it was fifty five, fifty five. Yes, I do. My girlfriend's that. age is fifty five. I have no idea what it was Why about. Why do I feel like he was a stick figure? Is that it's I mean? it, it was very. I don't know if it was Homestar Runner, but it was very Homestar Runner esque and kind of in that. I mean, how Teen Girl Squad was stick figures and kind of that drawn animation. Right. I do feel as if it was similar to that, but who knows? Who knows? Who, um, who this t- is. To say everybody that that review is lovely, and I'm glad. Yes, uh, I'm glad that our listeners are no longer um, intimidated by my demand for reviews, and they're writing us wonderful reviews as they are. I mean, there yeah. wasn't any reference to Smile or Sally Murphy, and I was okay with that. And because they didn't mention either of our names, they had no opportunity to mess them up. So exactly, there's so no we, justice for Mike. So, so no justice for Mike or um, Mark Jin. Or Jin. No, I told you that uh, on Broadway World, whoever messed up my name, they like called out the fact that I made a joke about it. I'm like, so sorry, Mark Koplik. And you're like, I'm pretty sure this person is like officially fucking with you. And I was like, probably. Um, it was yeah. a good day. It was a good day. Yeah. Alive. Um, no, that's. It's always also nice to know that. We have listeners in the metropolitan area because everyone knows that if you live in a city, you're smarter. What? Just kidding, because I'm here. What? I don't even know what that means. I'm saying he said that he likes to listen to it on the train. So that means that he lives in like a metropolitan area. That means that that he goes to... I don't know what you were thinking. I completely forgot about the review for a second. That's... I was like, what? Metropolitan, huh? The thing we were talking about, we're, we're doing this weird switching thing today where you're, you're, you're on another planet. I'm sometimes talking on topic and the, yeah, it's, yeah, it's weird. I mean, I don't know if you heard John, but I'm just, I'm so petite these days. I just, I don't know. If my yeah, I heard from your anyway. bagels. So. Yeah, I know. I mean, bitch, if I could, I would marry a bagel. Who wouldn't? If, what, what's next to gay men getting married? They're going to marry bagels? Yes, please let me. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. You're the top. You're a Coolidge dollar. Let's talk a little theater. Because mm-hmm. there are two big things to discuss. One that's like actually important, important. The other one, a little less important, but it deals with the greater theme that I want to tap into with what I've seen. I'm being very vague on purpose right now. Uh, Yes, you are. (laughs) I was uh, gifted with tickets to Aladdin and Lion King this week from a dear friend of mine from the chorus, Andrew. Mm. Uh, I don't know if he's okay with me using his full name on the pod in case, because he works for Disney. I don't know if he wants like... Well, then let's call him um, Andrew... 
Keenan Ken- Bolger. Andrew Kanunen or whatever that serial, the, the guy who killed Gianni Versace. Wasn't his name Andrew Kanunen? I haven't seen the... Oh, yeah. assassination. No. Someone, once again, I'm talking about social media. Fuck me in the ass. I'm such a hypocrite. Um, someone on Twitter we this week posted... We don't need to fuck you in the ass because you're a hypocrite, John. We fuck you in the ass because you ask politely. I no, I don't. Um, <laughs> don't say that. Don't. <laughs> um... <laughs> No, I I don't. Uh, someone on Twitter this week posted this guy posted a photo of himself on Instagram saying uh, on the beach saying feeling really Andrew Kanunen vibes today, and it was like, honey, he, he was a serial killer, like yeah. he was a sociopath. Anyways, but Darren Chris played him, and so it's like, mm, yes, gay. Anyway, okay, so Andrew Kanunen, Andrew Kanunen, uh, Kanunen. What I was going to say, Kanunen, Caitlin, Andrew Kanunen offered me comps to Aladdin and Lion King this week. I'm so glad I got you to say that sentence. (laughs) If ever there was a sentence I never thought I'd say on this pod, Andrew Mm -hmm. Kanunen offered me comps to Aladdin and Lion King this week. And they're back to back. And I'd seen Aladdin pretty soon after it originally opened with the Mm. original comp. And then I'd seen Lion King when uh, it was about to open in 97. Oh, wow. So I, have not, I had not seen Lion King in 22 years. I've never seen it, and I've never seen Aladdin. So I'll talk about both shows for like a hot second, because they're not even really the point. Mm. Aladdin is fun. Mm-hmm. It's kind of trashy, if that makes sense. It's ve- it's a bunch of dad jokes. So many dad jokes. There's I, I've made the joke on here before. There's one time when Jafar goes, Aladdin, you're the chosen one. And Aladdin goes, I think the th- chosen people are a few hundred miles to the west. <laughs> yeah, it's that. Hello, Madonna. Hello, Madonna. Hello, Madonna. Jasmine Foley says to her dad, why are you willing to marry me off to any Tom, Dick, or Haseem that comes our way? That one. I, that one. <laughs> yeah. Could so, you hummus a few bars? Hummus? Who's got Hummus. No. Yeah. Oh, but and it's the fat friend that does that. Sorry, it's the uh, thicker friend that says that. It's the John friend. You could say it. It's the jolly friend. It's the, the John friend. The John, the John friend. Yeah, it's the John friend who says it. Which I, I, all of his jokes being food based, I was like, oh, can we pass this? But no, a lot of jokes like that. Every costume has about nine thousand pounds of glitter on it. Yes. And I mean, it's a, it's a pretty show to look at. The choreography is just so is sloppy in the sense that. So I talked about this with Moulin Rouge with a friend the other day. There's some there's certain types of choreography where even if the cast is on it and they're giving their all, it can't truly be clean just because of the nature of the choreography. Like mm. when you have there's like this kind of lift that's very popular on Broadway now, where the guy lifts the girl and flips her sort of, so her legs like kick over her head, but she's horizontal. Does that make sense? I actually know exactly what you're talking about. They do that all the time. Yeah, and you can't do that with you know five couples and have it be completely clean because gravity is different for everyone's body. So right, it's never going to be in sync. And so there's a lot of choreography like that in Aladdin where it's just like this the the cast is trying you can't have it be super clean because it's 20 of them and it's you know everybody's body is different so no one's going to be able to hit the floor the exact same way. So that w- that's always just been frustrating for me to watch. Mm. But otherwise, you know, they're on top of it. The the energy is still there. I want to give a special shout out to Ariel Jacobs who's currently playing Jasmine mm. because I had seen Courtney Reed who was fine and Ariel Jacobs you know, beautiful. But mm-hmm. I went with four gay. Uh, so I went with three other gays, and we all afterwards went and got drink, and we all said, "So Ariel Jacobs like probably didn't get hot until college, right?" And we all. And the reason we say this is because she, she has depth. 
sort of. She her performance style as Jasmine is very like character actressy, mm. like someone who made a career out of playing Aunt Eller and mm. Ado Annie and those roles, and then all of a sudden college got cast in the ingenue roles, and she was like, I don't have the vocabulary to do this. I'm just mm. gonna keep doing what I do, and I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a moment where there's a slow motion bit in the show, and I like you know Courtney Reed played it very. I'm a princess, but Ariel Jacobs was like, "Oh my god!" And I, I mean that that's, lost that's it. a girl after my heart. Literally, <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, "I love that." Thank you so much for having a six pack, but still having the audacity to go, "Oh my god!" Love it. Uh, and so that was very fun for us to watch. Also, speaking of the four gays. There's a line where the genie says to Aladdin in Act 2, Aladdin, I might be a genie, but you're a genie, yas! And we were the only ones who laughed. And we were like, oh, we're the only gays in a 1700-seat theater. That's nice. But it was a Wednesday evening. So... I... I do find it, like, really interesting. I I know two of the genie standbys. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I like that, like, at least... I mean, I know very little about the show, but I like that a lot of times I feel... You know, with the Disneyfication of things, that there some some of the more colorful characters, let's say like mm-hmm. that, can kind of get like screwed away. And I, I, at least in my heart, I know that these two like absolute queens are have like brought themselves to the genius. So I'm like, I like that. Yeah. I like that they allow that. I like that 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 type is like is is. I will say it's not just the genie. There is some queendom going on on that stage, which I'm totally here for. Yes. Uh, moving on from that for a quick second to just quickly discuss Lion King. Lion King is perhaps cleaner in execution with the cast and all that than Aladdin is. But so, sorry, my brain's weird. There's a joke in Family Guy where Stewie's like, yeah, I went back in time and saw Jesus. Uh, Some of his miracles might have been exaggerated over the years. Mm, And you see, mm -hmm. it's like, Jesus basically does that whole joke where you take one, one finger, finger, another yeah, finger, finger, and then two. two fingers. Yeah. And everyone in Jerusalem's like, oh, oh my god. Right. So, watching Lion King 22 years later, it's sort of like, huh. Sort of like Jesus and the miracle of the two fingers. Exactly. Yeah. Like, the puppetry is still beautiful just in terms of the design of them. Sure. And there's some beautiful lighting going on, but I was shocked at how basic some of Lion King is. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of scrims come down to like cover a scene change which like they do in Aladdin they do in Frozen and I remember in Aladdin and Frozen thinking to myself this is Disney this is the company that brought us Lion King and we have scrims covering all the scene changes like come on bitch Phantom has more cinematic scene changes than this and then I saw Lion King I was like oh no Lion King started that Mm. um where it's just like, you know, Pride Rock happens and then like a scrim comes down for five minutes while a scene happens in front of the scrim and then it comes back up it's like magical new scene I was like Hmm. Hmm. Um, a lot of like two characters are sort of standing looking at each other not very imaginative that way and then yeah, just like a lot of the puppetry again like very well designed but it sort of it comes on stage for half a second to do its thing and then just sort of trots back off stage hmm. and you you're it's it's it was very odd uh, Circle of Life is still beautiful and again like that cast is giving its all they're singing their, their tits off the choreography, I was surprised actually to see sort of how messy that was. Mm. Not in terms of, their, again, not in terms of execution, just like the actual choreography itself. I was like, oh. Mm. Like this this dance number is basically Simba's in the middle while people circle around him for a hot second and then they run off stage. And I was like, hmm. okay. Uh, okay. There's also, they do a He Lives in You reprise in Act 2 where, again, the scrim comes up and the entire ensemble is in like Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, like colorful robes. And it's the like... 
it's time to join the chorus, the mighty mighty, and I fully was like, oh, here we are. Uh, the theme, though, that I want to get into, sorry, I talked a lot just now, no, apart okay. from the tracks for me. Just keep going. Um, the theme I want to get into is audience, audiences. Yes. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, we've discussed this before in terms of the cell phone usage and whatnot, but I just want to... It's wanna, been a while. It's been a while. And I would like to reiterate how trash people are. Yeah, sometimes the children need a couple... Need to hear the lesson a couple times. A little times. <laughs> uh, Lion King had a decently uh, behaved audience, I will admit. However, there were three teenage girls sitting behind me and my friend, and one of them kept kicking my chair the entire time. That drives and, me crazy. And, and I don't understand how people don't realize how much of an yeah. asshole move that and is. I, finally, I don't care how young I you are. I finally said something in act two. I turned around and said, can you stop kicking my chair? Thanks. And she's like 15, 16. And she just looked at me like, mm. and from the way they reacted afterwards, you would have thought I've been like, could you kindly kill yourself? Like they were so offended. But then afterwards they wouldn't, confront me they just like started bickering amongst each other oh yeah and i i I truly don't care enough about them to have gone up to be like hey you want to say something in my face like you were you're in the wrong and i'm happy to fight you about it you're a child and i'm smarter than you at this moment in time you might grow up to be smarter than me later but right now i'm smarter than you but i didn't uh because i truly didn't care but i could hear them continue to talk about it i was like this isn't a personal affront just be aware of your surroundings and stop fucking kicking other people's chairs yeah i mean it's really interesting, too, because actually people have been going crazy because of that thing that went viral about that man who was punching the chair. Have, did you see this? No. So Speaking I, pe- of social media. Speaking of social media. Again, I guess I'm such a fucking liar. I'm like, I'm taking a step away. I've never even seen a phone. And I'm like, <laughs> let me cut my veins open and you can what, get what, the newest update for iPhone. What's Black uh, Mirror about? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, and uh, so this big debate was a struketh this week because someone posted a video she was in the second to last row in an airplane and her seat could recline and Mm. so she did and the man behind her could not recline his seat and I guess got like really angry and was like ma'am I need you to put your chair back up like I I can't recline and you've taken up too much of my space and she was like but my chair can recline and it's a long flight and I'm trying to rest. So I, I, I don't, she, she was like, I don't think I'm in the wrong here just because my uh-huh. chair can do it. And he just, um, then for the rest of the flight and she said it was multiple hours and this was what the video was. He kept punching the back of her seat to try to like make a point of like, you're in my space, you're in my space. And it struck this big debate of like, you know, when we are in shared spaces and something like this happens, you know, who is in the right? Who is in the right? But it's funny because I have been in so many situations in the last couple of years where I've been in a theater and people have kicked my seats repeatedly. And if they are young children, I try not to say anything. I see how long it takes for the parent to uh-huh. say something. And if it doesn't stop, I eventually turn to the parent and say something because when they're a small kid that age, it's on the parent. But for a teenager that that's no. unacceptable and, and and i'm i'm glad you were the older gay man mm-hmm. who they could bitch about because they i mean let's be honest teenagers in a performance of broadway of a broadway show if they were there by themselves it was probably like a gift from their parents or something yeah. you know they they probably not they to assume that they were but, being like adult and yeah, yeah yeah and she was she cl- you don't act that way unless you're a little embarrassed about what happened. Oh, completely. Because you're lashing out to cover the fact that you're you, embarrassed. Yeah, you're being defensive because you were 
And I'm not a confrontational person. Like, this was happening repeatedly during Act 1, but it wasn't so consistent that I felt it was necessary to be like, can you stop? But by Act 2, there was a moment where she kept on turning around. I don't think they were completely alone. I think there was somebody with them because she was turning around to the row behind her to say something. And she did it like five times in a row in the course of a minute. And every time she did it, her foot would kick my chair, like full on kick. It wasn't like a tap. I'm talking bam. Yeah. And by the like fifth time she did it, literally within a minute, like in a row, I that's when I snapped. I went, no, stop it. You need to, if you're going to yeah. turn around, you have to be aware of your surroundings. Uh, this brings me back to Aladdin, where the audience was actually complete trash. I mean, absolutely every single person in that audience. Yeah, there's something about the new am, because I worked at Mary Poppins for a couple years as a bartender. And you know that? Yeah, that was my first job in the city. Oh my god. Yeah, so even though I've never seen Aladdin or... I love about you, John. So many, I, so many secrets about you that I'm learning. Yeah, I'm like a Pandora's box in the sense that I will destroy everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, no, it, it it was so crazy because you would, it, it was a show about children behaving mm-hmm. and these parents and these children, None. It, it, it was a, it was a theme park extravaganza for yeah. the most part. I don't know why Lion King has managed to escape that. Or maybe I just went on a very good night. But yeah, maybe. Maybe. I th- Something happens with family-friendly shows after, like, the first year when New York and the Tri-State mm-hmm. area has basically has done its duty and seen it. And it starts going out to people who are coming in from the Midwest or from right. outside the country. Because I'll start with, first of all, the phone situation. Whole oh, new world started. No. I want to give the New Amsterdam crew props because they are... They are on it. They are, they're earning their fucking keep. They are, mm-hmm. they are not having any of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a do- I saw a dozen phones come out during A Whole New World to take photos and videos. And those ushers immediately, like, they were shutting it down. And I loved yes. it so much. But I was like, the fuck do you think this is? And so on top of that, then there's just, like, so many parents with kids. And I am here for children coming to the theater, getting exposed to it, hopefully falling in love with it. But you also, as a parent, need to understand if your child can handle it. Mm-hmm. And there are so many kids in the audience where I was like, your child clearly can't sit still for more than five minutes. What made you think that spending $200 on their ticket alone yep. to see a two and a half hour musical was a good idea? And our friend Mike was with us and he was saying like, it's going to be a magical experience for those kids. I'm like, they weren't paying attention. No. It's not a magical experience for them. They were The girl in front of me fully like sat still was in it. I was like, this is a good experience for her. And props mm-hmm. on her mom for understanding that her daughter could handle it. There was a boy in our row with fucking light up sneakers who had, his mom had to like escort him to the bathroom and back because he was just acting up too much. Mm. And I give her props. Like she tried, yeah. but also again, know your kid and know what they can handle. The mom behind us, there were two moms behind us who came with their two daughters. Both were probably maybe two, two and a half, like mm. young, young. And, they didn't come back for act two because their daughters fully couldn't handle the show. To the point that one mom had to whip out her phone to play Frozen into her daughter's ear because the musical that was supposed to be entertaining her child wasn't entertaining her child. So she played Frozen in her ear to entertain her. And I was like, that is full on trash. That's Disney meta shit right there. Like that, that's Disney on Disney. Uh, that, that, that is... Uh, what is that phrase for how, how does the earth stay in the universe? Turtles all the way down? That's Disney all the way down, bitch. All the way down. That is wow. down your throat, all over you. It was, oh my, I could not. It was it was fully gross. And I just wanted to run screaming. Um, you know, it's it, it's so tough because it, it's, it's, it's why Disney on Broadway 
can be polarizing to some people Mm because some people are like, it's such a good thing because it creates a lot of jobs for actors. It creates a lot of jobs, period. It creates a a large amount of revenue for Broadway and for theater sales. Um, But also there's this miscommunication in the average person's mind because in their mind, they think, oh, I've been to Disney. Mm -hmm. I've... I know the Disney experience. I understand. And a lot of times when they go to the shows in Disney, and those shows, some of them are really fucking amazing. I mean, the the Finding Nemo musical, I love it. They try Um, it out sometimes, yeah. Yeah, but even there, it's still more of a theme park experience. You are allowed to film. People kind of say things it's it's more it's it's not interactive it's definitely more theatrical than it is you know a, a, can you tell us where this is little boys and girls but it's still there there's still a disconnect there between that and what the et- the theater etiquette for a broadway show is mm-hmm. so i think when people buy a ticket to a disney musical on broadway they just think oh i'm getting the disney experience and don't have any wherewithal to be like I've also never been to a theater show I wonder what etiquette is I wonder what the normal age is for a kid is I wonder what it's like for you know a kid to sit down for three hours because those dis- I mean Mary Poppins was three hours a, long that was a long ass musical Music- like Mary Poppins these mm-hmm. kids were so young and they had to sit there for three hours and sometimes they, they were children who didn't speak the language so they mm-hmm. were just kind of hearing melodies and then would have to sit for these long book scenes <laughs> And, <laughs> the longest book scenes. And, and yeah, and so it, 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 I don't know who's at fault here. Is it the it, parents? Is it Disney? Is it a mix of both? Is it everything? Is it just a broken system? Should theater be canceled? You know? Should theater be canceled? It is a bit of a broken system because in a way, be, being a capitalist country and theater right. having, to, having to survive off of, you know, ticket yes. sales, they, they need that money to keep going. But also there's this weird habit now because of Lion King and Phantom and Wicked of these shows running for over a decade sometimes mm-hmm. multiple decades we've the the longevity of a show in terms of and that's equal to success has become skewed now yes. like a year long run is considered a bad thing now yeah which is I'm like and if a show's uh, ticket sales start to decline and people are like it's time to close up shop people are like you want them out of jobs it's like I don't want anyone out of a job but you know, the interest is gone and we need more stuff. Like, this is the whole pur- purpose of Broadway is to continually create new things for us to see. And mm-hmm. jobs are always going to be there at some point if there's a new show to happen. But, like, it's there's this whole weird skewed vision of, like, the show should stay open because that way we have the jobs and that and I'm just like, no, I don't. I, I think it's I think it's all very kind of bullshit. Yeah. It's this uncomfortable gray area where an artistic means and a capitalist beast <laughs> have to come head to head mm-hmm. and it, it's it, who 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 wins a lot of times it's the people with the money so they mm-hmm. call the shots and and that's the other thing I, I, about the disney thing that i i kind of wanted to say that i i think disney is a fantastic company i really do i i, I think that they have a lot of they have created some wonderful things they have created some really really wonderful things and have taught some really really important messages to people that otherwise would maybe not listen to mm-hmm. to those messages but i think it's interesting also because I think Disney on Broadway is really specific in that un- 
I don't, not unlike other producers, but on a heightened level as producers, they are very aware of the consumer Mm -hmm. because they are very dependent on the consumer. And I mean, Disney as a whole, there are so many rules in the parks. There are so many rules. I, I mean, even though I worked for a completely different company, as a bartender, we had to follow the Disney rules. Mm. We could not point with one finger. We always had to point with two fingers. Mm-hmm. We always had to be completely clean shaven. We always had to wear uh, Disney name tags. Mm-hmm. Even though we were not technically Disney no. employees, you have to follow those rules. And so it's it's really interesting that it's 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 these people who are employing actors and creating, you know, an artistic means, but their number one priority will and always will be the customer mm-hmm. and selling tickets. And so when push comes to shove, I'm sure that the people at Disney, it, it's not that, it doesn't bring up that many issues for them that a little girl would have to sit in their show and the for a mom to, you know. Mom's for, play Frozen in her ear. Yeah, yeah because, yeah. But the, on top of that, and this is where actually I want to get to the in the news topic it's not just disney i don't want to completely oh yes villainize them. yeah yeah, yeah. no not at all because it's sort of this selfish means with the customer now where it's like well i paid all this money i'm mm-hmm. gonna have the experience that i want and so i mean you know they tell you apparently at tina the musical to not sing along but if someone's gonna sing along no usher is gonna come up to them and be like stop it yeah like well that person paid two hundred dollars and we really don't want to have to refund them by yelling at them. So yeah. whatever. And people bringing food into the theater and all this stuff. And it's, yes, you know, you want and you want this to be a, a good experience for yourself. And there's no right... I mean, it's hard to say what the right way to appreciate a piece sure. of theater is. We were talking about this before with um, the cell phones and that article about like, you know, don't tell audiences what not to do. Say what you would appreciate they could do while they're there. It's like, no, fuck off. Like sometimes yeah. we do need rules. We're sheep. And and we do need rules and this and there's a double edged sword to the sitting down and talking and understanding and, and relating on a human level with people because then it becomes there's people are not being held accountable when they do trashy things now. Mm-hmm. And it still needs to be there. It's a communal experience, and it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Even if you go see that same show again, yeah, it's not going to be with the same audience. It's not going to be with the same actors. It's going to be a very different experience. You're Completely. never going to see it like that again. That's why you're paying as much as you are, because it is unique yeah. that one time. Uh, and I wish just people would fucking understand that, because we then have Jagged Little Pill, which in the news came out today that uh, they had to evacuate the theater during a matinee due to pepper spray yes, going off. Yes, an audience member pepper sprayed another audience member. Is that officially what happened? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was reading the articles this morning. Um, yeah, some I think it was in the mezzanine or the balcony. It, I don't. I don't, I don't believe know. it was in the in the orchestra. Um, did you read the, what happened before that, though? A woman was In t- Jack the Little Pill? Yeah. No. So during Act 1, a woman fully, like, took a phone call during the show. <laughs> took a phone call. And she did only... But the thing is, here's the tea. I've experienced that, too. It's, she, uh, not not to make any excuses, because that woman is a trash raccoon person. Yeah. Uh, no, that was mean to raccoons. That woman is a trash, <laughs> trash person. Raccoon. A trash raccoon. <laughs> but, sorry, raccoons. Sorry, raccoons. You know I love you, girls. Yeah. Um, but... But, I, I mean, it, it's funny hearing that because I've experienced that, too. Yeah. It, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. And the, apparently the only reason she finally got off the phone was because enough people had to yell at her. Like, it wasn't enough for one person to be like, hey, can you not? Like, everyone in a row had to turn around and be like, you garbage human being. 
Turn your fucking phone off and don't take the damn call. Yeah. Idiot. Fucking idiot. I would love to have said to that woman to her face, you are a trash human being and you need to go away. Yeah. I would have said that to her face. Yeah. Um, And then, yes, act two, pepper spray. Pepper spray. I mean, from everything I've read, there were still, there still have been no official answers released as to why the person felt pepper spray was needed at that exact moment. I don't know if they were feeling like maybe Jagged Little Pill was a little salty that night and so they needed some pepper. I mean, maybe. But but they, um... Ragged, not a thrill is what I call that show now. Ragged, not a thrill. It just just brings up so many uh, questions. Just like, why? Yeah. First of all, pepper spray... And I guess, I mean, I read a report that, like, it was the pepper spray had it gone off, like, accidentally. Like, it got punctured or something. But, I mean, that makes less sense to me than someone fully pepper spraying somebody else in the audience because I've come to expect audience members now to be awful enough to pepper spray another person. Yeah, I mean, that's at least what the thing that I read said. Uh, It was an account from a witness, and so I don't know how credible it is because it could have been a person in a different area, but... (laughs) Somebody at Phantom was like, yes... At Jacket Little Pill, someone pepper sprayed the person next to them. I was in the next theater. I should know. Yeah, or like whatever <laughs> Instagram stars starring in Mean Girls right now. But Shh. no, I know he's left. But he left. Knew. But they're about to get um, some person who's famous. I don't know. I don't know. If she's necessarily famous, but people are up in arms about her. No, not her. Uh, the one who's playing Katie is famous or i guess she's sort of famous i saw her she has like a couple million followers oh yeah yeah yeah. you're right this other yes. girl just has a couple no, thousand then there's followers karen who's the like miss tennessee runner-up who loves jesus and trump yes um but yeah it's i wish i had more knowledge about truly what went on but because it, it's also hard to even explain why that is so awful because we don't know all the facts mm-hmm. but it's just it's just so unfortunate it's just audience audience pandemonium yeah i don't know i yeah just people need to start being held accountable more often there, and again i love nothing more than to discuss to uh relate and kind of and get inside people's heads to sort of make them understand because nobody nobody really listens when you yell at them nobody likes to yell oh no 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 especially an adult to another adult i mean that just goes right into yeah as we learned with the teenagers as soon as you as soon as you hold them accountable they go into defense mode but there i also want to be like no you you don't get leeway on this and you be better. I, I feel like I've been saying this a lot the last couple of years since, you know, the orangutan got into office. Just, like, be better. Well, be com- better. Completely. But, it, I mean, every, every everything is a microcosm of another thing. You know, theater, theater and theater audience are a microcosm of this nation and of what goes on. Because that, I mean, it, it it's... It's one of America's biggest issues is that we believe that we have all this freedom. And so people use it as an excuse to be a shitty person. They use it as an excuse to be be like, I'm going to vote for who I think is best for this country and best for me. And so I'm going to put a racist, sex offender, sexual mm-hmm. predator, asshole in, yeah. in, in, in the White House. And so... It, it's funny because it's all this bullshit that happens in space where we liberals consider sacred space. Mm-hmm. All this bullshit happening is not necessarily surprising to me because it's it's just, it's a microcosm. It's a microcosm mm-hmm. for this country, for this world, for the people in it, how people, people claim to want 
things that are for the greater good, you know, for, for better for society, better for this, blah, 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 blah. But then they're just a shit person. And yeah. so it's like your your actions are speaking way louder than your words, asshole person. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I, it, it's, that is true, though, of everybody, even if it's like a small thing. So, for example, I've d- discussed before, I'm not a huge podcast person. Every now and then I listen to something like Race Chaser or Why Won't You Date Me? And I did mm-hmm. listen to the most recent Why Won't You Date Me? And Nicole Byer was talking with her guest about um, how Amazon is bad, and her whole joke she was like, "I know it's bad, but they sell things that I that I want." Yeah. And it's like, and she's like, "It's just easy," and that's the truth: is that we love what's easy, we love what's mm. easy for us, and that doesn't. It, I don't think you're a bad person for ordering something off of Amazon. Lord knows I've done it, and I still right. have my Amazon Prime account to watch Fleabag and you know Drag Race, but. I think there are certain and she and she's like well and it's also about where do we draw the line it's like it's not about where to draw the line it's you know what can you do to make the world better how can you help your country and help society by just trying to do a little bit of improvement just try a little bit put a little bit of effort I feel like with the internet and social media we think if we post a status that says you know I feel this way and I don't like it it's like I've done my due diligence for the day it's like no you need to you need right. to put in an action as yes well completely um, and so I'm that's why I'm applauding you for retreating a bit from social media. I'm trying to do the same myself uh, and and hold myself accountable a bit more. Well, exactly. You, you get so caught up in everyone else on social media that you just, you lose yourself. You know, like you, yeah. you lose the sense of reality. You think that... I'm putting my opinion online, and so when someone reads my opinion, I will have changed their mind. It's no, no. It, most of the time, no. It's just a, it's a, it's a. Most of the time, you're in a void of people who already right, think the way you right, do. Right, exactly. It's just it's a it's a machine. It's it's a circle jerk. It's a yes. It is. It's, a, it's a circle jerk. Speak it. Speak it. Um, to quote Elsa in Frozen Two: "Show yourself. Don't lose yourself. Show yourself. Go into the unknown." Mm, yeah. Yes. <laughs> And to quote Adina Menzel, let the storm rage on. She's notorious for that. She is notorious. Anyway, speaking of holding yourself accountable, I think we should go into the next big topic for the day. Yes. And the the thing is, we've we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. We don't have to spend a a ton of time on it, but it it just, I guess today's theme is shitty people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Today's episode is brought to you by... Shitty, Shitty people. people. Um, sponsored by Squatty Potty. S- sponsored by Squatty Potty. Because shit happens. Um, <laughs> but better with Squatty Potty. Um, yeah, no, we, we've talked about this multiple times. And I, I, I hate to keep beating the dead horse. Um, uh, especially outside of Light in the Piazza. But <laughs> I... Um, it, basically, it was the team it was supposedly like the team or the company of West Side Story mm-hmm. released a statement this week I have now read that um, some of the statements have actually been revised because it said the company feels this way and then they had to go back and use different wording because the company does not feel this way well, and West Side it, it Story was not, but... it was not a statement that the company wrote or even signed off on it was, right. it was very clearly written by lawyers yes completely and so basically West Side Story in a very distasteful fashion in a move of what could have been a way to keep a conversation going or to 
in any way let people know that we hear you, we are listening, we are actively still taking, you know, measure or, you know, taking action to make sure that these things don't happen again or, or that people feel safe. Instead, they just came out in a very, very, it also felt very corporate. It, it, it was yeah. so clean cut, white, cisgendered, heterosexual male viewpoint of basically it could be summed up in that in that awful phrase of I'm sorry you feel that way, but this is how it is. It wasn't even not, we're <laughs> sorry you feel this way. It was like, we see that you feel this way and we want you to know it doesn't make a difference. Yes. And and so it, 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 the whole article just defending Amar and, and what happened at the New York City Ballet and how, you know, like I said, in, in the first statement they made, how our company feels very safe and everyone, you know, the whole company is in support of him. And then they had to retract that because it's, it's just not true. It was it was all just it was a bunch of bullshit trying to for people who don't want to do enough research to be like, oh, well, West Side Story responded to it. See, they took some responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But what it actually just was, was, hush, you weaklings. Yes. We don't care about anything. And yes. it, it was it was, it was, was trash. It was and it was very trash. Th- the statement that a lot of Amar's defenders online have made is, uh, well, should he never work again? To which I say, no, that's not, that's not the argument. I mean, there's, there are two sides here that I feel. One is that, uh, he, the, a lot of the protesters have given out misinformation about what went down. That is which, true. Which I think is just as damaging. Because Correct. When you, do, when you... So, as we've discussed before with Amar... I'm going to fuck up his last name again, which is awful of me. But I think it's Ramasar, I think. Uh, he was in a text chain with Chase Finley, Finlay of the New York City Ballet and a mm-hmm. benefactor and exchanging photos of other women and making really abusive derogatory comments that just that is not a mistake that is a way of thinking that is in you mm-hmm. that has been implanted for many years and that's just not something you apologize for and it gets swept under the rug right then things come out of he was the first the person that he was accused of sending photos of was incorrect it was his girlfriend who has forgiven him, which that's her right to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm, you know, we're still allowed to have our feelings about it as well. But then people also go, he's a rapist, he's a sexual predator. And it's like, okay, he's not. And it actually is worse for you to say that because then when you tell people what he did do, they go, oh, well, it's not as bad as raping someone. And right. It's, like, it's, it's still bad. It's just, yeah. yes, it's not. Yes, he did not capture a woman and put her in his basement. Mm-hmm. But like, that shouldn't be the bar that we're trying to clear here. Right. Um, and it's not even just the photos. It's the what still bothers me is the wording because he, he can smile and be polite to the women in that company all he wants and not do anything physical to them. But I know that if I were a woman in that company, having read the things that he had texted, I would in my mind I'm like, what's behind that smile? Exactly. And so that someone made a very good point of phrasing it this way, and I, I will even I, I will sh- shift what they said a little bit to fit this podcast better. Mm-hmm. It's just really, really fucking unfortunate that there's this man who did some really shitty things, who made some women feel very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and who f- made them feel like they were in danger. And um, it- it's just really shitty that there's all these people defending him, and yet we live in a 
in a society and in a theater world where you and I could probably get blacklisted for things that we said on this podcast probably by producers but he is not blacklisted because people people look at the shitty things he did and went oh you know it's fine it's fine it's fine it's locker room talk but it's also I mean very very unfortunate for him to be working so quickly anyway but especially something like West Side Story that requires a lot of trust and safety in a company to do the things that they have to do eight times a week Mm -hmm. Uh, and so earlier when I said a lot of his defenders like well should he never work again no he can work again but he needs to also be held accountable at the same time this goes back to what we were saying earlier you need to be held accountable and you need to learn why what you did was wrong and not only what you did but what you said and how that affects other people in order for that to happen you do need to have some stuff taken away from you for a bit you need to do work on yourself I have not seen anything or heard anything other than the fact that he apologized to his girlfriend and she Mm -hmm. said fine that shows that he shows any remorse that he has lost anything out of this he's Nothing about his life has changed other than the fact that he didn't work at New York City Ballet for a very short time. Before very was, short time. Before he was reinstated. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, like, what else What else has he done? Like, it's Louis C.K., same thing. He's like, well, I didn't give you my stand-up for six months. That's That shows that I changed. Uh, we, I think we talked about this with uh, Kobe Bryant when he, when he yes. died. And my roommate and I were talking about this because she asked a friend of hers who's very big in the sports world and whatnot... And ask, like, why is it that we're not really uh, holding Kobe accountable anymore to that moment? And her friend, who, you know, has followed his career very much, said, you know, there are people who obviously, yes, like, they do, they they have done a sexual crime or whatnot and have kept on with their lives and it's and have shown no remorse. Like, Kobe Bryant has, like, gone out of his way since then to understand what that moment was for this woman. And it's like donated and worked at women's shelters has done mm-hmm. outreach has like has mm-hmm. really tried to better himself yes um same thing actually with uh there was a whole when kirk douglas died and people were like i'm posting this photo of natalie wood because mm-hmm. there is the insinuation nothing confirmed but insinuation that when she was 17 he possibly raped her uh at the show chateau marmont right but the thing with kirk douglas that i feel like we should also address is in the 50 years since that moment happened he very much has gone went out of his way to try to pay back for this moment Mm -hmm. of uh uh, this this bad moment in his life that he should not have done and should pay Mm -hmm. for and he did he he started uh a women's shelter he gave annually to millions of Mm -hmm. charities but hundreds of charities and sure and and did outreach programs and and scholarships and all these things and i'm not saying he did that to erase what he did but to try to make up for it and same mm-hmm. thing with Kobe Bryant Amar has done none of that Louis C.K. did none of that yes. Kevin Spacey has done none of that it's mm-hmm. just a I'm keeping quiet for a minute yeah. and not giving you my talent for a minute and then I'm just going to come right back it's like no Yes. and I'm not saying that what Amar did is something where he needs to donate millions of dollars clearly he doesn't have that but he's got to you have to do something Yes. you have to be held accountable and you have to work on yourself yes and 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 what also just really kind of gets my goat is that it, it all comes back to people who make a lot of really big decisions for theater, making kind of kind of the wrong decision, I, yeah. I, I guess. I, I, t- to me, the whole casting of Amar, and, and this also kind of goes, you know, alongside with a lot of other things that are happening right now in certain casting announcements. People 
have to realize that... Okay. I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. So what I have heard, I have not seen West Side Story, but what I have heard from this production and Amar's role in it is that he actually doesn't dance a lot. Mm -hmm. And so it's just really interesting that someone who is more of a role that's more of an actor role, here's someone who's not really their main skill is not really being used here. So it's like, why then? Why is why was he cast in this role? And, excuse me, I'm so worked up, I'm just burping. Mm. Um, but I think the, the bigger questions now, uh, and I think actually this whole statement kind of even focus, focuses the spotlight in, is that we have to kind of keep pressuring these producers mm-hmm. and the, and casting to be like okay you guys all made the decision to cast him in this role where i'm sure there were people who were, who were fitted better and kind of the only reason why he has a name is because it's controversial mm-hmm. and he's kind of the thing that his controversy is about is an issue in this in this piece that you're in doing. in this piece and so it it just feels really um just, just, just double-sided. It just feels really duplicitous, mm-hmm. and I think that's what people are responding more to the fact. And and to go along with what you're saying, because the it also raises question of okay, when do we know his apology is real or is enough, yeah. or, or what does he have to do to make it right? But it just seems like everyone has just agreed that no, we're right. Mm. It's fine. We're fine. We made the decision, and you guys have to go with it. And and I think. I think it's good that they actually released this statement in some ways because it shows that they are sweating yeah. and that these people are starting to see whether or not we're just a bunch of fucking fruit flies that are annoying them and they're just like, whatever, they're not really affecting our ticket sales because we're playing to 90% capacity, yeah. so fuck them. You know, they can say that as much as they want, but they're still releasing statements so they know they did something wrong, number one. And so number two... It, it, or at the very least, they see the traction that this is getting. Yeah. And, I'm not going to speak for them because, in truth, I don't know sure, if, Scott I, Ru- if Scott Rudin truly sees the point of that. And I'm also pretty sure Eva Van Hoppe sees the world in, like, weird shapes and colors and, like, doesn't actually see reality. Yeah, I, I mean, and from people that I know who have worked with Ifo, uh, he actually cares about very little. Mm-hmm. He cares about very little about what everyone else thinks. And that's why people are very drawn to him, because he does... He does what the fuck he wants. He does what the fuck he wants. And we go, oh, wow, isn't that interesting? But I think there's something to say that uh, to the people and to the people who are protesting, minus the misinformation, mm-hmm. thank you for doing that. We got to keep doing that. We got to keep letting them know this is not okay so that hopefully it starts getting through their thick skulls and we have to start and we can stop doing this less and less. Yeah. And when what I love. Or start doing this less and less. What I love <laughs> is, again, a lot of his defenders online, when these protests started to happen, they're like, what's even the point? He's in the show. They're not going to fire him. Like, what's even the point of doing this? It's like, the point is that they're doing something other than just writing an angry Facebook status. Mm-hmm. And it, it's. I don't know what their ultimate goal is. I know that if I were to join them, it wouldn't be to say, like, get him fired only because I know legally the production can't. Right. But it's just to inform people and let and make sure that they know. Because a lot of people who bought tickets for West Side Story didn't know about it. And there have been mm-hmm. reports that, and it's a, from what I understand, they've been very peaceful protests. It's just people standing outside with signs. Mm-hmm. They haven't been doing any chance they haven't like yelled at people they just and they had pamphlets and people would come up and be like what's this about and they're like here this is some mm-hmm. information if you would like to know what it exactly is that we're angry about sure um and that's a wonderful way to inform people rather than yes. like you monster buying a ticket of this year well again because no one likes to be yelled at no and it's from what i understand again very 
I don't even know a word anymore. I don't want to say classy. Uh, there's nothing classy about a protest, but um, organized and humane. And I appreciate that. And it's it's more on the side of correct than it is yeah. incorrect. Which and, honestly, yes. at the, in this day and age, mm-hmm. that's a win. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and there, I don't. I when people are like, "Well, what's even the point?" It's like, "Well, what's the point of doing anything then?" Right. Exactly. It, what's the point in What's the point yeah, of blah, 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 blah. your apathy does not please me? And we've lost so much activity in this age of internet again because you said you post something online you think I've done it I've mm-hmm. done my protest it's like, I no, did it I made no. it go out into the streets show your rage because you have to show them the sheer number of people right you, it's not, it's not like say a million people retweeted this no a million people need to be outside to say it and this is not a new thing we always forget that this has been going on since the the existence of human beings. Yeah. It's the people going, yeah, we want to do shitty things. And then the people that are doing shitty things to being like, um, we're going to say that you can't do shitty things. And then they push harder and go, we don't care. We have money. We're going to do shitty mm-hmm. things. And then it's being, have to being a little bit louder and being like, mm, no, you're still doing really yeah. shitty things. And I really don't like it until, until change happens. And so unfortunately, yeah, it sucks. But listen, if there's one thing that I have learned from plays and musicals, it's that life cannot exist without conflict. So unfortunately, by buying into this contract of living we're gonna have conflict guys and that's we, what makes we, this pod so interesting because we just have so much conflict yes and we just truly I mean just the, the, the way that we structure this podcast mm-hmm. just so meticulously actually I mean other than that false start this has been a pretty well structured pod I guess so we've been we've we've flown into some things rather seamlessly yeah um you know what any final words um Supercalifragilisticexpialidouchebag. Great. Great. That's that all was, I can think of. That was great. Thank you. Um, um, yeah, no, I think this has been a nice one. I think we've had some levity and we've discussed some real things today. And yeah. hopefully, if we don't change your mind, we hope that you at least understand a bit more where we are coming from on some of these topics. And if you disagree, hey, write us a five-star review and tell us. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I mean, honestly, we, we actually really have never gotten a, a, a review that kind of makes us question things, you, you know, or, yeah. or, or kind of a, a dissenting opinion. And, and I think that's the other thing we're afraid of right now is, is it's afraid of having conversations because everyone is so quick to yell. Mm-hmm. I don't yell at people. I have... I've spent too much money on edibles to, and, to, to yell at people in my life. And I so. care too much about my vocal health to yell. Like, I just, yeah. I'm, I'm, I need to stay in the mask in the pocket. Yeah, we just keep having conversation, guys. Keep, yeah. you know, West Side Story, the, once again, these, um, the, the people who are, who are going and protesting, thank you. Thank you for speaking up just because words have merit and letting people know them do have merit and, and really following through in the action. So mm-hmm. thanks for that. We're just going to keep sitting here um, drinking our coffee and talking so you don't have to look at our faces. But but we're, but we're doing something, I guess. We're trying. Um, who should we have sing us out today? <laughs> um, let me see. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Who, who have we talked about in, in this? Um, a lot of Disney. A lot of Disney. We could do. Um, uh, we could do a. Di- we could do. We could do. ID- have we ever had Idina? We have. Well, you weren't there for it. Is when we did an obsession. That, we that had tracks. Idina. If that I was. Tracks. If I wasn't there for it. Yeah. Um, uh, well, so. <laughs> no, I, I guess love I, her. So a couple of options in terms of like Broadway Disney, I suppose. Uh, with Aladdin, we could do Courtney Reed. We could do 
these palace walls. We could do Laura Michelle Kelly with Mary Poppins. I do love Laura Michelle Kelly. I love her too. And listen, she's a sweetheart. Like when I was bartending at Mary Poppins, mm-hmm. if there were big events where everyone in the whole building, like for Christmas or something, would have like pizza party, she would go up to every single person who like she didn't know as people who worked the bar and she'd be like, hi, I'm Laura. Nice to meet you. And we'd talk and I was like, you're a sweetheart. I love you. You are Mary Poppins. She also sounded like the recording every fucking day. I've never heard it more. Oh, yeah. So, and, and I'm I actually know done. Laura Michelle yeah, Kelly. Laura Michelle because, Kelly. Actually, she's, she's a fucking star. And I had to um, write reviews for Aladdin and Frozen and Mary Poppins recently for the cast album website. So I listened to the London cast recording Mary Poppins a bunch to review it. And my God, that woman's voice. That voice. That seamless. Voice. I said, there, nary a seam. The only reason she's the second best Mary Poppins is because of Julie Andrews. Like, if Julie Andrews did not exist, she would be the definitive Mary Poppins. Oh, for sure. Um, her, yeah. She is the definitive stage Mary Poppins. Oh, 100% definitive 100%. stage Mary Poppins. 100%. Uh, yeah, so we're, we'll close out on her. She's, and her stupidly amazing voice. Yes. Um, you know what she was in? Finding Neverland. <laughs> <laughs> we could have a Finding Neverland song oh play us out, God, Matt. Today the Matt, day. Matt, do you want to show the audience that even though you can hate something, you could still appreciate it? No, because she didn't have she didn't sing anything that I liked. She sounded great. The music sucked. Uh, okay, we'll, let's we'll just find, do we'll find something. We'll find let's something. Do Mary anyway, Poppins, so then. guys, thank you for listening. This has been a nice episode. I've I've been pleased with it. Yeah. Um, I'm Matt Coppola. I'm John Wascavage. And this is Lauren Shakelly. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.